Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, over the past few years, we've been hearing more and more about the arrival of autonomous vehicles. This, along with electrification, car sharing and connectivity, means that there are exciting times ahead for innovators in the transport industry. From an Irish perspective, though, one initiative which caught my attention and my admiration is the Future Mobility Campus Ireland in Shannon. Having created a smart city comprising of a 12-kilometre road network that is retrofitted with interconnected and state-of-the-art sensing and telecommunications technologies, FMCI has already attracted foreign direct investment companies to the region and is on the road to creating 11,000 direct jobs. Russell Vickers, the co-founder and CEO of FMCI, joins us now to tell us more about being at the forefront of the future of transport in Ireland. Russell, I'd like to start the interview by getting an insight into your own background. Good morning, Carl. Pleasure to be here. So my background is uh, I studied electronic engineering in in college. Most of my career was in uh, silicon uh, microchip design. Um, So I worked at a lot of different companies like Intel and Ericsson, Texas Instruments, kind of worked across the globe, I suppose. Came back to Ireland in 2011 um, kind of to set up my the the roots here again, I suppose, and uh, ended up getting a job with Intel and Shannon. And as part of that, then I moved from chip design into the automotive sector because Intel were supporting um, some automotive customs customers in Europe at that time. And one of those happened to be Jaguar Land Rover, and eventually ended up being part of the team that helped establish. Jaguar Land Rover in Ireland in Shannon in 2017. And whilst you were working at Jaguar Land Rover in Shannon, was autonomous vehicles and its associated technologies high on the agenda there? Yeah, it was. It was. It was a huge thing, right? So it's. It's look. There's. There's kind of four fundamental things that are happening at the moment in in, in automotive and mobility, and one one of them is around autonomy. The other is around connectivity. Uh, the other piece is electrification. And the other piece of that is around shared mobility. So these are these are really four hugely disruptive forces that are happening at the moment. And uh, traditional car companies are almost like stunned at how they're going to tackle all these problems. And most of these problems relate to um, relate to now more software focused areas. And this is where Ireland really you know plays into the the strengths of what they have. And this is why companies like Jaguar Land Rover look to invest in Ireland and, and actually, you know, build a team here because of those strengths. And a part of that then was to start looking at areas around autonomous driving, which involves, you know, looking at things like large data sets and how you process that data, machine learning, AI, all these kind of these kind of new new areas that, that are necessary to actually, you know, achieve autonomy on the roads. Talk to us about the vision that you had for this starting out. Yeah, I think I think once once when when JLR Jaguar Land Rover established in in Ireland, I think it was it was really exciting to to be a part of that. And I, I think kind of what it made me realize is that you know there's a whole ecosystem in Ireland that I wasn't even aware of around companies that are working and you know that have been working in automotive, sm- smaller Irish companies that you wouldn't really hear about that are working in this area. And I just started to meet them more and more. And then the idea was like you know. This, the, the changes that are happening are really starting to play into Ireland's strength. So why can't we create a proper ecosystem and a whole, you know, platform to allow this to, to basically to us to, to move forward with this more quickly? And, you know, the idea from my point of view was I wanted to, 
ultimately I would have loved it, you know, I want to see loads of companies like Jaguar Land Rover coming into coming into Ireland and into the region and that was the idea of FMCI or the Future Mobility Campus is really to allow that, to use that as a base platform to allow companies to come in here and invest in here. Okay, so how will the campus actually be supporting companies that want to go and develop new technologies in this space? Yeah, so so we're 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 a test bed, and what what that means is essentially that we have a lot of uh, equipment and infrastructure that we've put in place and that we've been funded to put in place, and that that allows companies to to build off that. So, for example, that would be we have a we've basically turned the Shannon Free Zone into a smart city. So it's it's an existing you know, business park that's been here since the 1950s beside Shannon Airport. And we've essentially, through technology and communication technologies, we're, we're basically turning that into a smart city of the future. But essentially, there's a lot of communications networks there. We've got, um, you know, computers on the sides of the roads. We've got analytics, data, all of this type of stuff that makes up smart cities of the future. We also then have a, a sort of control center that pulls all that data back into the, into you know, to be able to, people to access those data sets. And then we have things like... Um, uh, mule vehicles, which are basically vehicles that we can use for tests and companies can come and put different sensors on those vehicles or test different software algorithms, as well as uh, two areas, two private areas. One of those is for testing uh, autonomous cars in a fully private area and a fully safe area. And then the other area that we're looking at is around air mobility and drones. And that's basically uh, what we're calling a VertiPort, uh, which is located just outside the boundary of Shannon Airport. I have to say I'm seriously impressed by your vision for this campus. Talk to me about some of the companies that you've been successful in attracting already into it and maybe some of those that are in the pipeline. Because of this kind of cluster effect, you know, where we have companies such as like Jaguar Land Rover, we have Vallejo, Cisco, Analog Devices, Murugan International, Tauglos, this kind of then, this, a lot of these companies, they work together anyway or they would like to work together. So that helps bring customers in because they kind of look at this and go, oh, you know, this is an opportunity for me to work more closely with these with these with these companies. So that helps bring in companies. And we've had, um, you know, we've all had some success with that already. So we had an example of that was a company called Renovo Auto. They came to the region based on what we were doing here, and they wanted to become, they wanted to establish their American company and wanted to establish their European base here in Ireland. And then subsequently, they've been taken over by a company called Woven Planet, which is essentially a Toyota subsidiary. So there are some of the effects that we're seeing. We're actually, you know, we're, we're kind of in talks with lots of other big players and smaller players that are, that are coming through the region or are looking to come to Ireland, let's say. And, you know, the, the, those, those talks are kind of ongoing, but we're pretty, we're pretty, um, we're working closely with the IDA and Enterprise Ireland to support those companies. And of course, we have a phenomenal company here in Antennas for smart vehicles in Tauglas. Have you been speaking to them about this? Yeah, Tauglas are one of our partner companies. So they've supported us from the, from the start. I mean, the Ronan, Ronan and the guys have just been, they, when, we, when we, we knew them kind of through just meeting through some networking events and kind of when we, we proposed to them the idea of what we wanted to do. They were they were fully on board, so they've they've come on board. We have their antennas all over our vehicle on the vehicles. We're also implementing them in the smart city areas, and they've just been they've just really been really supportive. I, you know, it's 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 great for them to have this facility. They see the importance of this to be able to develop further, develop the, the great technologies that they have. It's great to be able to for us to be able to help expose the. 
the, the the products that they're working on to other customers as well. So no, they, they, they're a great example of the type of companies we're trying to uh, enable. And when it comes to foreign direct investment, of course, the concept of clustering is well developed here over the past 50 years. But on a practical level, how do you see these companies supporting each other on a day-to-day basis? I mean, a part of it, like, you know, to be totally honest, like part of the way we, we got these companies in was we wanted to make sure they had a vested interest to be a part of this. And uh, there was no point just kind of like, you know, just kind of looking for some donation and just having their logo on there. It was more about what could we offer them that was a value add. And so what we've tried to focus on is being very close to being able to allow them to develop their products at a sort of later, early or late stage so that they see a real value for what we want to do. And and from that then, you know, because of we're, we're, we basically say to these companies, you know, we're a playground Come and, come and work on the things you want to work on. And we also say, look, we have an idea around this, maybe this, this, we want to, how we want to manage data in the, in our, in, at the, at the test bed. And that's allowed companies then like Seagate, uh, Cisco and um, Red Hat to basically come together and come up with architectures to support us. But then by creating these architectures to support us, they can then go global with this. So it, it, they, they see the upside of that and they, it's kind of, we're a sort of, safe sandbox for them to play in. One of the areas that you spoke about earlier in terms of an emerging trend in this transport space is in relation to autonomous vehicles. Where do you think the greatest opportunities for Irish startups are in that space? I mean, a few years ago, autonomous was vehicles. If you were following the space, it was really, really hot. And I remember, you know, a few years ago when I was at Intel, I thought everywhere autonomous cars would be everywhere by, you know, 2021, 22. And that's what the OEMs thought as well. But that's kind of got more pushed, uh, has pushed out. But the focus now is about things like active safety systems. So it's more about what can we do to have like zero road deaths. Uh, you know, every year, why why do we why do we accept you know road deaths anymore when we have these technologies available? There's opportunities everywhere because the legacy companies that have been working on this, the the car makers for years and years, very difficult for them to know how to to basically work with these new technologies. They've mostly been focused on producing millions and millions of units with very high precision, very low failure rates, and you know, and, and that's what they focus on. But now to take all these extra components is really difficult for them. And that's where this is the opportunity for these for startups. You don't have to have you don't have to be some mega corp. You can just basically come up with a really compelling idea. And if it answers the business case, that's where the opportunity is right now. And of course another serious trend in relation to vehicles as well and transportation generally is connectivity. What does the future hold in that regard? Yeah, connectivity is, is, is you know, is, is really, there's a lot going on in that area. And part of it is getting mandated is, is because basically all vehicles are being forced or, you know, are being mandated that they must be connected. And that's from a safety point of view. That's things like NCAP, you know, the five-star safety ratings that you see on vehicles. They're saying that, you know, vehicles have to be connected. So if you have an accident and, you know, basically you can just press a button in the car and you're talking to talking to a human on the other side. So they're the kind of basic things that are coming in now. But then in the next few years, there's mandate, mandated features around things called uh, v, v to X, which means vehicle to everything communication. And that's allowing the vehicles to talk to other vehicles or to talk to the infrastructure. And the idea of that is a, a base case of that would be basically a vehicle driving and say in a foggy area, it can signal to the vehicles further down the motorway that there's fog ahead, and then all those vehicles know to you know to to take you know for caution or to slow down or whatever. So these things are getting mandated as part of connectivity. 
Um, but then you're starting to see, you know, people, once you've got that connection to the vehicle, what can you do on top of that? And then you're starting to see new services come on top of that. So things like usage-based insurance, where basically why pay a premium uh, for, you know, why pay an insurance premium for a car? You might only drive 5,000 kilometres a year. And, you know, in COVID, we've all been, our cars were just sitting there dormant for, for months and months. Why don't you just pay per mile? So those, those type of things are all based on connectivity because the car can basically say, this is how many miles I've driven. And that's the business case that comes from that. So initially it's about safety and then it's going to grow to be a lot of other uh, supporting business models around that. It seems that the government is very committed to driving people out of their vehicles into public transport. And in doing so, I'd like to talk to you then in that regard about this whole area of shared mobility. Where do you see all of this going over the next five to ten years? It's not going to be a one-size-fits-all because it just won't work, right? You know, you need to have, you'll like you, you know, you, in, you, in big cities you can have lot, you've lots of different forms of uh, transport, different modes of transport, whether it's you know e-scooters or it's you know, like someone taking an Uber or a tram or a train or a bike or whatever. I think all of that's going to coexist together. I think what what needs to happen is tying those systems much better together. So. For a, for a user or for the customer, it's, it's much more seamless to get from A to B. I think, I think that needs to happen and that, that is happening. And then I think in sort of areas where, you know, in more rural areas, for, for example, I live in the countryside in County Clare, you know, people don't have the choice right now to be able to, to drop the car. So how do we manage that? You know, how do, we, how, do we, like, how do we go from maybe everyone having two cars to maybe people just having one family having sort of two cars, just a one car, or even be able to take other forms of transport? So there the air, those areas are going to have to be worked out. I think shared mobility can help with that. So, for example, you know, for, for, for my family, we're a two-car family. Probably we could get away with one car or a car and a half. So there's companies starting to look at how do they provide that half the car, as in giving you the vehicle when you need it on those those odd occasions. So that's that's how it comes together. And then obviously part of the whole situation and, and this is sustainability angle. We have to we can't just continue on the way we're doing. So how do we move to electrification? How do we reduce our carbon uh, footprint on the way we travel about? And and public transport has to be a big part of that. But you know people need. People want to have seamless interactions or it just becomes too difficult and they just, they just go back to sitting in their car. Yeah, convenience is key in that respect. When it comes to electric vehicles, batteries continue to be very expensive and people continue to be concerned about range anxiety. Solid state batteries will become mainstream probably over the next five to seven years. That will have the price of the battery, probably double the range as well. What are your thoughts on that? And again, where do you see opportunities for Irish entrepreneurs in that space? Yeah, I mean, EVs is, is it's such electric vehicles are such a huge opportunity, and electric everything, right? It's it's about making electric, you know, buses and diggers and you know everything. So there's a, there's a huge opportunity that I think, to be honest, I actually have an EV and I've had it for the last year or so now, and I definitely understand range anxiety. Um, but to be honest, it it is something that passes, um, thankfully, and and as the infrastructure gets better. You realise in a country like Ireland, you know, it, 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 we just need to improve the infrastructure a bit more, and then we should all be driving in EVs. Now, I, I, I would say that like they are quite expensive right now. Um, obviously, though, what's starting to factor into it is, you know, it costs me something like seven or eight euros for 350 kilometres of range on my on my car, and that's that's like real range. Whereas, you know, if I was filling that up with diesel. You know, with the current prices, that, that, that they're really starting to the economics is really starting to work 
as well as the reliability issues. You know, basically, these electric vehicles are a lot simpler to, to, to operate and maintain. So all of these things will happen, and then people will slowly start to transition over uh, into EVs as, as they can. And, and, you know, part of that's going to be things... That, the opportunities around that is then how do we manage these new type of resources on you know so if you you everyone thinks of it just as a car but if you think of this you've got this basically power plant that you're sitting on you know that can store all of this energy and um, how can you then basically use that to help the grid so we see use cases like that at the moment where we have um, the ability to basically help balance the grid so if we have a lot of excess wind energy you can basically use time scheduling on electric vehicles to basically take all that extra 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 energy and then the the sort of mecca of that is then to be able to actually discharge that energy from your car battery back into into the grid to help balance it Future Mobility Campus Ireland is located in the Shannon Free Zone. So talk to me about the type of support that you receive from state agencies and most importantly the funding which you receive from the Regional Enterprise Development Fund. Yeah, I mean it's been hugely important to us because I suppose what we wanted to do was we you know we we had to buy a lot of stuff essentially. We had to put buy a lot of infrastructure and we needed we needed capital investment for that. And that's where the Regional Enterprise Development Fund really really came into play for that because there's different funding mechanisms in Ireland but this was the one that kind of funded from that. So we got 80% funding uh, from that fund so that's 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 funded by the Department of Business and Enterprise and basically, you know, administered by Enterprise Ireland. We applied for that. We were successful. And then the other 20% of the funding we received from from our partners, essentially. So through cash and in-kind contributions. So overall, we've received around... Six million in funding through through that fund, and then probably through the partners, it's an additional four million. Um, so that that funding is, is has been absolutely key. And most importantly, in relation to jobs, what is the direct and indirect job creation potential of Future Mobility Campus Ireland? Yeah, it, I, I, I have to dig through our proposal in terms of the total number of jobs, but it's it's in the thousands, right? I think I think from what we calculated before, it was something like. I don't know, was it 11,000 direct jobs and then whatever the indirect jobs that, that, that come out of that based on the ratios or whatever. But, but to be honest, I, I just, I, I would, I would, I th- I'm even more sort of bullish on those numbers now because the amount of, and the amount of companies that we're seeing that are, you know, this is helping them to choose to invest in Ireland. I think, it, it, you know, it's really coming to the fore. And it, it's not just about the regional side of it, right? You know, I know we're based in one particular area, but this is like Ireland Inc., right? This is a real Ireland Inc. project where the company sets up in Donegal or Dublin or, or Wexford or in Shannon. It, it doesn't really matter. It's just being able to pull them in for them to see the ecosystem and, and go from that. And finally, Russell, what are your plans for developing the campus over the next five years? So my plan is to get more investment. <laughs> so uh, I'll happily accept checks. But no, the, the plan is that you know, <laughs> we want to expand the, the capabilities of what, what we have. We, we really want to uh, invest in more technologies, build out the, the, the engineering capabilities here that we can support all these different customers and support the startups. And we also want to have... a basically an incubator where we can start to incubate um, startups, very, very small startups to, you know, to basically help them grow. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Russell Vickers from Future Mobility Campus Ireland. And it's certainly one of the most exciting concepts to have reached Irish shores in recent years. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Southeast.